0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. It's Saturday, May 6th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Annabee and here again with your weekend story. On today's show, we're taking a look at stablecoins and why an ecosystem might be better than a monopoly. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a new source and does not provide investment advice. Today's featured story is an opinion piece from Dia Markova, the managing director and head of digital assets at Forefront Advisors. Our piece today is entitled, In the Stablecoin Olympics, No Winner Will Take All. April was full of stablecoin politics, perpetuating the idea of a global race to tokenize cash. In my opinion, this is not a single race, it's a competition across several disciplines, and we should cheer for the right to compete freely rather than for one winner. Mid-April, the U.S. House Financial Services Committee proposed a bill to regulate fiat-backed payment stablecoins, while restricting any other backing mechanism, and instructing the Fed to study the digital dollar. Fast forward to last week, when Republican presidential candidates railed against the idea of the digital dollar calling it a China-inspired surveillance tool. In Europe, the European Central Bank is losing political support for the digital euro, yet the ECB declared last Monday that its investigation phase is progressing at pace towards an October deadline. Being ahead of the US and UK has forced Europe to face some of the really tough CBDC questions. Can you roll out a public tokenized instrument at large scale? What is a feasible commercial model? What are the use cases and how is privacy safeguarded? Although privacy gets tossed around like a political hot potato, the other three questions are, in my opinion, much harder to answer. For the avoidance of doubt, with just a few months left on the ECB timeline, they have not been answered convincingly. Also in April, Society Generale launched a Euro stablecoin on Ethereum, available to know-your customer or KYC'd institutional clients and giving them direct access to their locked collateral. Euro Coinvertible will be credit-rated. Just a day later, the crypto developer community criticized the big bank for embedding functions that allow it to empty their clients' wallets and which require a centralized validation for each transaction, you know, like a bank does. Meanwhile, banks around the world are looking for models to tokenize their deposits in a way that somehow gels with their KYC requirements and makes sense for deposit guarantees. The Bank for International Settlements, or BIS, often called the Central Bank Central Bank, suggested back in early April that the best way to do this was in two steps. Step one, give up on the idea of stablecoins as bearer instruments. The logic that he who holds it owns it cannot work with know-your-customer rules, it said. And step two, tokenize deposits and replicate the commercial bank settlement system via wholesale central bank digital currency. That way you can avoid the issue of converting, say, ING coin to HSBC coin, according to the central bank's central bank. The Bank of England, meanwhile, thinks tokenized deposits are, quote, regulatorily simpler, or in other words, a good thing and that a bank had better issue stablecoins from a separate entity. Pay attention to the latter. These recent developments are great examples of the strengths and weaknesses of the various types of tokenized money that we have emerging. We have essentially four credible options on the table. Fiat-backed, non-bank-issued stablecoins such as USDT and USDC. Fiat-backed, bank-issued stablecoins such as the one we discussed from Société Générale. Central bank digital currencies and, of course, tokenized deposits. These are all competing for market share, and the race will only intensify as the contenders gain maturity. Politicians are often tempted to talk of a winner-take-all scenario. For the ECB, of course, that winner is the digital euro. But I would argue that this is not a race. We're watching the stablecoin Olympics with contenders competing across different disciplines. Not one of them is equipped to win them all at the same time. And the disciplines here, by the way, are five. Trust, credit risk, interoperability, cyber risk, and profitability. Trust is the Olympic event that central bank digital currencies can win most convincingly. While concerns with privacy and surveillance come up loudly, the vast majority of the market would agree that the central bank is the institution in a country which they trust the most. The nations where this faith is thin are exceptions. That's why banks in Europe are so worried that if they could, depositors would rather keep their savings at the European Central Bank. The ECB in particular is also spending a good amount of effort on privacy protections. Credit risk is a closely linked discipline. Stablecoins carry the risk of wherever their reserve funds are held. And commercial banks carry their own risks. Central bank digital currencies carry the risk of the sovereign. I would watch this space for credit scoring as a way to predict who gets the medals. In the interoperability race, for now, things are going to the private stablecoins. They're the most liquid instruments in the market. Circle, issuer of USDC, just launched a cross-chain protocol, too. Most institutional projects utilize permissioned ledgers, which, by definition, limit access and interoperability. As the Bank for International Settlement research flags, there are also significant design complexities to interoperability between tokenized deposits. The cyber attack event is too close to call. The choice of a ledger, whether open or proprietary, proof of work or proof of stake, may make all the difference. Many in the community would contest that the Bitcoin blockchain is the safest one out there, if safety is the ultimate goal. In the European Union's regulations, Both stablecoin issuers and banks will be subject to a cyber law called DORA. Hence, the operational resilience safeguards applicable to their choice of technology will be the same. And last but not least is profitability. A sustainable form of future money has to be profitable for its issuer, unless it's a subsidized public utility. In a high interest rate environment, this is less of an issue. Stablecoin reserves are, or will be when regulated, predominantly in government bonds. In a low interest rate environment, however, it's currently much easier to see how tokenized deposits can make money on the bank's fractional reserves model. The stablecoin Olympics will progress, driven by regulatory choices and organizational behaviors. Some structures are set to innovate faster, others to risk manage better. Politics and perception matter for partnerships and financial stability. As consumers, our best outcome is to arrive at a marketplace of tokenized cash, where we get to pick our champions based on our use case. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send the show an email at podcast at coindesk.com or you can email me directly at adamlevine at coindesk.com. If you like what we're doing, we always appreciate reviews on Apple podcasts or your preferred listening platform. This episode was produced by Adrian Blust and myself with further support from the podcast team over at coindesk.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Markets Daily.